Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you're drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Don't do it. Call an Uber. Call a taxi. But if you do find yourself needing legal representation, Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. If you find yourself in trouble, you're going to want the best result possible for your case. Trusting Marcos Garza and his team is the first step to getting that best result possible. They also handle criminal defense and personal injury. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Call them. Any time of day or night, 865-540-8300. That's 865-540-8300. You can chat with someone online 24-7, 365, even the leap day. Make it 366 at GarzaLaw.com. We appreciate Marcos for his ongoing support of the podcast. Again, remember, before you say guilty, say Garza, Marcos Garza, GarzaLaw.com. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, November 3rd. It's about 4 o'clock Eastern time. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to be here. Good to hear your voice, as always. How is Papa Hughes hours after his Atlanta Braves are World Series champions? He uh, he was so happy. He was just like dazed. He was like he couldn't believe it, which, I mean, looking at the season from a whole, it is pretty unbelievable. Like, a, a pretty amazing story. He was just so happy. He was just so happy. Probably was worried he would never see one of his teams win a championship again. <laughs> Probably, yes. As he starts getting a little bit up there in age, I mean, older than us, obviously. You start. I'm worried myself. As it is, I was a. I was pretty jealous of my Braves friends. They all seemed very happy. They got to see their team win a championship, and then I started doing some self reflecting, and I'm a little nervous. I might not get to feel that. Yeah, it is a depressing thought to think about, because it leads you just down to the. Like, when you think about it, and you think, well, we might never see one. It's just like, then why are we fans at all? But it's it's all about the fellowship. It's not about, it's never about the mountaintop. It's about the journey. A wise woman once said, it is about the climb. It's about the climb. It's not about the final, you know, the, the final step. It's about all the intermediate steps that you took to get there, you know. But that being said, getting to the mountaintop would be would be pretty sweet. Then I started worrying about, you know, if I do ever win a championship, like if I was a Braves fan today, would I feel like, well, that's it? I'm done? Good enough? It's all downhill from here? Or I'll wait another 20 years before it matters again? Like, if you win a championship 
next year? Is it going to feel the same? It's going to matter as much. Do you eventually get numb to it? Like, is this, is this it? You know, I was reading and uh, I saw a comment one time when I was reading like some Eagles message board for some reason. And the guy was talking about how the moment the Eagles won the Super Bowl, his dad just quit being a fan, just doesn't care about the games anymore. <laughs> that was it for him. It was never going to get better, so he just quit. He's like, I'm done. I'm breaking up with them. They won a Super Bowl. I can die in peace now. That's hilarious. He says, when I call my dad now, he just – I try to talk about the game. That was our tradition. And now he just asks about my grandbaby and wants to talk to the kid. That's it. He doesn't care about me or the game anymore. He said he was done. That was it. That's awesome. Would you lose your drive as a sports fan? Would it just be like, okay, that's good enough. It's never going to be as good as this. Or do you get hungry and want more? I don't think so. I do wonder, though, at what point does it just cease to really mean anything? Like, I have some, I mean, I have a lot of Alabama friends. I Like, they had gotten burnt out on it pretty well. And then the Georgia game where Tua threw that touchdown at the end to Devontae Smith. I had one guy tell me, he was like, you know, like, I really didn't care about it, but, like, that game really, for the first time in a while, like, that that really, like, got me fired up. It really meant a lot to me when Tua came in at halftime and won. But I just wonder at this point, like, there's only so many times that, like, you can continually get up for a national title. I mean, I guess last year you just lie to yourself and say, oh, we're the first team to only ever play SEC teams and we went undefeated. It was a pandemic year, blah, blah. But, like, at some point, like – the nonstop championships kind of have to lose their luster. I mean, like if you're a diehard Boston sports fan at this point, like, yeah, like you've gotten so many of them. We've seen dynasties, obviously like the Lakers at some point, probably like, eh, it's kind of boring. Same as the Yankees. But then those teams went through, you know, slumps for, you know, for the, if you're the Lakers, you went through a slump for a decade. If you are the Yankees, you've you know, only won one championship since what? 2000, 2000, that's it. Like you only got 2009. That's all you've gotten. So they're probably hungry for a championship. Have, again. have they won a Have they won a playoff series since 2009? I thought they beat. weren't they in the weren't, weren't they in the CS? They beat the, they beat the yeah yeah. They've never gotten past the CS since 09. Yeah, that's right. They were in the yeah the the because they beaten the Twins. I thought they beat the Indians. Did they not beat the Indians as well? They, they did beat the Indians once. It's they haven't gotten past the CS is what it is. So maybe you have to go through that and get, like, hungry again, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I always thought that, like, if Tennessee was ever going to have, like, a national championship season that, like, like the real, like, to me, like, the the the, the journey is always going to be, like, what's the most fun? Like, that first, like, road win in the SEC over, like, a top ten opponent or whatever, you know. That was going to be like, those are like going to be the really like the best parts of the season. Like, because how many times is the national title game like really, really awesome? A lot of times it's just kind of boring. It's just a game, you know, and you're not playing a rival. But like winning that first SEC road game over like a top 10 opponent, like going into Florida and beating them, winning the SEC championship. It's all about the journey. It's about the journey. The struggles you face. The chances you take, they're going to knock you down sometimes, but no, you can't break. Those are the moments that you're going to remember the most. Like you said, just the the close calls, the losses, what leads up to it. Yeah. You just got to be strong and just keep on pushing on. 
That's it. And the Braves did. The Braves did. Yeah, no, it has to be really cool to, you know, have the the quote-unquote choke last year. Up 3-1 against the Dodgers to not be able to go home and close that out, obviously, because you were at a neutral site. Like, it's a... That 3-1 doesn't hit the same for me as other 3-1 blown leads because you just played three straight games in the same place with pretty much the same fans. To have that and then, you know, to come back and win a World Series. And it wasn't even like they hit the ground running this year and, like, you know, were fired up all offseason because of it. But they they did what some, you know, a lot of teams do, which is get close. You know, the Royals did that. Lose it to the Giants and turn around and won the World Series. We've seen it in basketball a lot with the – you know, the Lakers, the Heat, the Spurs, all these teams that lose a championship and turn around and win it the next year. The Braves were able to do that. And, you know, I don't want to say they're set up nicely for the next couple of years, but it seems like they're set up nicely for the next couple of years. They should be in the Final Four, you know, basically yeah. for the foreseeable future. They have a nice little core, especially if they can get Soroka back, which is just like the cherry on top at this point. Are you a little uh, salty or no? No, I'm happy for the Braves fans. You don't feel a little bad that you've been talking shit to them for the last year and then they win a World Series? For the last year? It's more like for the last 10. Well, yeah. Okay. Either way. No, I'm happy for them because my dad is happy. Well, yeah, you're happy for your dad, but are you happy for everyone else? I'm, hap- I'm, ha- I'm happy for people like Paul Paul and, you know, Cargo Shorts Lover and people like that that are, you know, AJ, huge Braves fan, Andrew Julian. Biggest Brace fan on the Discord. I'm happy for people like him. Him and Curl the Turtle. and Curl the Turtle, that's right. Curtis, big big, big Brace fan. I'm happy for those guys. Happy for, for Brother Tucker. See them happy. It makes it makes me happy to see them happy. But no, I'm not living, I'm not being bitter. Like, I, I'm not living in bitterness. I'm living in joy. Okay. You know, I'd hopped on the bandwagon, was supporting them, but... Got to admit, didn't get any real joy whenever they won the World Series. That's how I knew. Like, I, I just wasn't even a fan at all, which I knew I wasn't. But like I said, I do keep up with them because they're the closest team and my friends like them. But I was happy for all my friends, happy for them. And hopefully one of my teams brings me joy sometime. I guess we'll awkward transition to hopefully having the Tennessee football team bring us joy on Saturday. Kentucky, are you surprised that it's a coin flip point spread? No. I don't like. Okay, they might win. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Whatever they're at home, I think they're going to play a lot better than they played Saturday night. But I don't think they're very good. I just they haven't. You know, like they did. They've done one thing that Tennessee can never do, and that's beat Florida. Okay, okay, we've established that Florida sucks. LSU sucks. Who has Kentucky beaten? Just Florida. The only time their offense has looked even decent was against Missouri, which we all know Missouri's defense. Pretty shitty. I guess they they ran all over LSU. They ran for 300 yards against LSU. Yeah. Who has a ter- terrible def- has had a terrible defense for 2 years now. I mean, I just they have like they've only forced four turnovers all year. They have a negative turnover differential. They um, they only scored one offensive touchdown Saturday night because they had the punt return. So they started out that game up ten to nothing, and what they ended up losing thirty four to seventeen. 
Uh, Mississippi State actually ran the ball pretty well against them, which Mississippi State doesn't run the ball at all, but they actually ran the ball pretty well. And Will Rogers did whatever he wanted. They have a, I mean, like they're good on the lines. Like they have good line play. We've got a good defensive line, but I think Cade Mays is going to play. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee coming off of a bye week, feeling pretty healthy. You would think all that plays heavily into their favor. Kentucky coming off of a embarrassing performance. Now, sure, could it galvanize them and get them refocused? Yeah, maybe. Or it could take the wind all the way out of their cells. We won't know until the game, obviously. But Tennessee coming off a of bye week, they needed it. You let Hooker Hill a little bit more. You let Tyon Evans Hill. You let Cade Mays Hill. And all of a sudden, you're feeling better about Tennessee overall, for sure. Will Rogers, you said, did whatever he wanted. He was 36 of 39. Yeah. 344 yards and a touchdown. He had three incompletions. Yeah. Uh, I thought that it was interesting on the VolQuest podcast that there's like a lot of, there's been like some internal stuff going on at Kentucky. Um, like what? Some people, some people unhappy, some parents are getting like really involved. And then there's like been a lot of rumors going around about like, I guess just players being unhappy. I mean, last week was coming off a bye for them. You would have thought they would have played a little more inspired. Um, instead they get routed by state. I do think that, I mean, I don't think it will be easy Saturday night, but I think Tennessee is just better than Kentucky. I think they have played a very easy schedule. and They beat South Carolina 16-10. to 10. Yeah, They beat Missouri 35-28, to 28, and they beat UTC by one possession. 28-23, to 23, I believe, yeah. So, I mean, again, a tip of the hat to them for doing something Tennessee can't do, and that is beating Florida, but... I mean, Tennessee would have beaten LSU at home if we had played them two or three weeks ago. Like, instead we played Ole Miss. It is what it is. Like, they've had a cakewalk schedule. They have to play state every year instead of Alabama. Like, the things that we would do for Kentucky's annual schedule, you know, we would kill for it. They get Mississippi State every single year. And then Mississippi State came in and doubled them up, 438 yards to 216. Kentucky did have four turnovers. Levis threw for three interceptions. He's not very good. He's not, and he's not obviously anywhere near the same level of you know three of the quarterbacks Tennessee's already played this year. You know they maybe have played the three best quarterbacks in the country with Pickett, Levis, or Pickett, Corral, and uh, Bryce Young. So you would think that he's not going to do anything through the air against Tennessee. Wondell Robinson's the only guy who scares me even a little bit. I think he's shifty, and I could see him having uh, a big play where we forget how to tackle for a second. But, you know, I think we'll be able to load the box, stop the run. And I guess the best thing that I see in this game, Seth, is that we're one of the best first-quarter offenses in the country. And this Kentucky team is obviously not built to score a bunch of points and come back. So if Tennessee is able to score – 17, 21 points, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game, it might be over. Yeah. You'd feel good about your chances of, you know, just stopping them and them not being able to catch up. It's all about how you start in this game as far as I'm concerned. You have a chance to take Kentucky's crowd out of the game and to, you know, really make that team question how much they like each other. They got I, I feel what, good about it. 30, they, they basically give up, what, a 31 to nothing run in that game on Saturday before getting, like, a late touchdown. Yeah, I think it was ten to nothing and thirty one to ten. Yeah. So like, you know, thirty one to seven basically let's call it since the since the first, you know, twenty minutes of the game. 
if Tennessee is able to come out and get up early, I think they'd really be doubting themselves. I agree. I mean, you know, I, like it's you know, I mean, I it does the game does make me a little nervous just because you know this is the last like game that Hypel has that he can win realistically where it's like okay that's a really solid win and the other two opportunities that we had we we screwed up and pit and Ole Miss and I don't want him to screw up the third because I really like him so you know it sucks that this is like the last game of the year already to get excited about um because Georgia Vandy and South Alabama offer no excitement for me I think you'll get up for a bowl game, depending on the opponent. Yeah, a bowl game. Uh, yeah, depending on the opponent. But, you know, so that, like, does make me a little nervous about it just because I want to win because I don't want to go 6-6. Six and six. This team is better than 6-6. Six and six. It does seem to deserve better than 6-6 six and six as well. They deserve better than 6-6. Six and six, And, you know, we can argue all about, you know, fans can argue all they want about like, what if Cade Mays is going to hurt, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was hurt. And here's the thing. Josh has another chance to win a game. Saturday night against someone ranked against someone that is you know hell they're six and one or seven and one or whatever I mean six and two six and two yeah so you know just forget about it all like Tennessee's relatively healthy I think they're gonna have their offensive line back for the first time since like the pit game well how important do you think this game is then like you said it's the last opportunity it's the last stand. It's the difference between seven and five and six and six, almost assuredly. It's a team that, despite their flaws, is still going to be ranked in the top 20. You could not say the same thing about Missouri. You could not say the same, th- same thing about South Carolina. This would be the best win of year one if you get it. And you're healthy. You're coming off a of bye week. You are, again, basically a coin flip. Last I checked, it was exactly a coin flip. It was a pick this is a game that I feel like you probably should win at Tennessee. Is that too much to say or no? No, I mean, I, I don't know that, like, in the grand scheme of things, winning this is huge. I know that losing it portends some, you know, bad things to come, probably. Like, But is is it like a massive win? No, but it's a game that Tennessee should win against an SEC opponent on the road that isn't Vanderbilt. Like every time Kentucky beats you, they can say, we've passed Tennessee. We've passed Tennessee. It's about putting the pecking order in the East back where it needs to be. You know, I said during the Missouri week, South Carolina, that was important. Kentucky ain't much different. Like if you can beat Kentucky and be like, yeah, look, okay, we hit a rough patch last year. Last year was a COVID year. It was a fluke. Kentucky's beaten us, what, two, outside of that two times the last 30-something years? Yeah, I think in the last 10 years it's 7-3 seven and three, seven to three Tennessee. Right. I mean, they beat you last year. They beat you in, in what was it, Butch Jones' last year on the uh, the failed Hail Mary where he got tackled at the one. And then they beat you with Dooley in his second year. So, I mean, that's it. That's it. And – they have felt like they have turned a corner as a program. I think you could knock them back down a peg. Obviously, them losing to old, uh, Mississippi State and turning around and losing to Tennessee at home the week after. That would be kind of a deflating turn of events for them. And they can't tell you that they've passed you anymore because you've beaten them You know, two of the last three years. You've beaten them both times at Kroger Field. 
Correct. And then hopefully Stoops will just get tired of being behind State and Tennessee no matter how much he works and will just hopefully leave and Kentucky can go back to being Kentucky. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the last game where, like, the outcome pretty much isn't already set in stone. And that makes me sad because, like, I, this team is, like, they've been fun. I mean, they've been a lot more fun than I would have ever thought. Um, they're very likable. They're easy to root for. We have a really cool quarterback. We've got a good-ass running back. So... You know, it makes me sad that it's, you know, until the bowl game, whoever it's against, this is the last game that's not really determined already. So I just want to win, like, just get the win. Finally win one of these games, you know. I did get a heads up after last week from a couple people that they know of companies trying to give money to Hendon Hooker to make him the face of, you know, their their college, I guess, outreach program or advertising, however you want to phrase it, to basically give him some NIL deals. So, you know, seems likely that he would be making pretty decent money next year and, you know, almost assuredly be hanging around. So that that was that was a good a good takeaway from last week's episode. Good. I mean you would think that he would be I know Marty Smith was in Knoxville this week to do like a segment on Hendon Hooker. He's thrown like he's thrown 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's like fourth in quarterback efficiency. He's going to come back next year. He is by all accounts a great guy. He beat COVID. His family travels to see him every game. Like you would think this would be a guy that would be very easy to sell and it would be very easy. It would be mutually beneficial for most for both parties and it would be mutually beneficial for me because when he plays Tennessee's going to win more football games. And that's what I desire. So somebody needs to get it done and make him some money. He almost died from COVID. He deserves the money. He committed to play football with under Jeremy Pruitt. He deserves some money. Well, there you go. We all need insurance, whether that be car insurance auto insurance, renter's insurance, life insurance. You need it. You have to have insurance. You also need an insurance agent that you can trust. I got one of those. His name is John Runyon. He works with Farm Bureau Insurance in Maryville. I've known John for a long time. He's a dear friend. He takes care of me, and he can take care of you. And Farm Bureau is a 10-time in a row winner of the J.D. Power Award for highest in customer satisfaction in the Southeast region. And Farm Bureau is the number one life insurance company in the state of Tennessee. Like I said, John will take care of you like he takes care of me. He's quick to respond. He'll give you a rate. He won't try to sell you stuff you don't need. Call him at 865-982-2559. That's 865-982-2559. John Runyon, Farm Bureau in Maryville. Tell him Reed's Ranch sent you. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you want access to the Discord... If you want to be a part of our community here, the game threads are fun. We should have a good one coming up on Saturday. Basketball heating up. New $2 patron. Shout out to Sam Ellis. Shout out to Brother Sam. We love you and appreciate you. A good man. Loves loves Sam Ellis. Good man. All right, Seth, hit us with some questions. 
Brother DF, with a heater right off the top, what's the fastest you've ever driven a car? I would imagine this is attached to the news of Henry Ruggs, who uh, killed someone while driving, what, 154 miles an hour, 156? 156, yeah. It was estimated he made contact at 127 miles per hour when the airbags were deployed, all while having a BAC of 1.61. So, all that awful news on... With that being said, Seth, what's the fastest you've ever driven? I think about 110 or 115. Yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty confident I've hit 120 before, which some of the circumstances surrounding it, I don't want to really talk about on the hills of this guy killing someone. So I wasn't drunk, but I wasn't, wasn't drunk, but was it? Shouldn't have been driving. I was underage. It's hard to talk about. Let's move on. What a terrible story for Henry Ruggs. Yeah, just the whole thing is sad. He's facing what two years to sixty? Is that what it says? Yeah, it's like the 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 uh, the breadth is why. I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty wide there. You know, it, there, there's a lot of. Well, then apparently there was also a gun in the car. Gun? Yeah, there's a gun in the car too, and they might charge him with that. I mean, I feel like you have to charge him with that, right? If he's drunk. I mean, I don't know about Nevada rules, but obviously in Tennessee, like, doesn't does, don't the gun carry rules and having a registration and all that? Don't they, don't they change whenever you're intoxicated? I do not know. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, if you can't have a gun in the car or, you know, on you if you're drunk. I'm pretty sure that's the rule. Okay. So I would imagine I would imagine that would change. I would assume whatever charge is on the table, they're going to put it on the list of things yeah yeah but we shall see so brother aj is terrifying man like I, I get scared over 100 miles an hour yeah no kidding like i get like when i am not paying attention on the interstate and i look down and i'm going like 95 i'm like oh man slow down seth like chill and that's on the interstate i don't know if you saw the yeah, road where he wrecked but it was basically I just did. a side street or i guess a highway like just a regular like down I guess, what, a two-lane road, basically? Yeah. Yeah. It is awful. Or two lanes on each side, I guess. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a highway, but basically a highway. Yeah, that's scary. Brother. What the hell is his girlfriend was with him? What the hell was his girlfriend doing? Can his girlfriend not be like, hey. She was with him? Yeah. She was with him? That's what people have said, that he had his girlfriend in the car with him. And she, like, isn't hurt. That's the, how is he even still alive? Well, they say when you're drunk and you're driving, you get in a wreck, you don't tense up and don't get hurt. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. Brother AJ, noted Braves fan, what is your favorite shape? My favorite shape? Yes. That's a good question. What's your favorite shape, Seth? Um... I tend to go with like a more tall diamond, like a with a like thin sides, I guess. Okay. You, you know, what I'm talking about like just like a nice like like very vertical diamond. Okay. I've always liked those as a kid. I can never really draw though. Like I can't really, I can never get them to equal up. Whenever I've tried to draw shapes, the only one I can really do is a square, and that was like with a ruler. Yeah, circle with a protractor. I, I was always terrible at that, but I love just a good 
tall, thin diamond. What's your favorite shape? I like scalene triangles. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, where no sides are equal, and then the Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem is crazy. I mean, think about it. I don't want to think about it. It's crazy that it always works out that way. That damn, you know, so that sca- damn Pythagorean. So, scaling triangles, AJ. Congrats on the Braves win again. Um, Brother Parker, prediction for Manchester Derby score and goal scorers. Well, it seems like it's a big game if it's the Manchester Derby. We all know that Man City does not really play well in big games. So, let's see. I see a one nothing early lead for Man City, and then Ronaldo's going to score a goal to make it 1-1. Lay at the game, because that's what he always does. He ties the game. I will echo that, and it will be on a penalty kick. Okay. A little PK action. CR7 will score on a penalty kick. I have no idea if he's still number seven for Manchester United, but I'm assuming so. Come on. He's got to be number seven, right? He's got to be number seven, right? I mean, I would think so. If he's not, they need to fix it. It is wild how good he is still. And I just I don't know like enough to say like whether or not he's still as good as he used to be. I, I don't know. But every time I look, he's scoring clutch goals for the goals for them in the Champions League. Every damn time. Yesterday was no different. Or is that might have been in the Premier League? I don't know. He had a game the other day where he scored two goals, including one in the ninety first minute. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I like him. Uh, I like him. I don't I mean he was given the number seven shirt. Besides the whole potential rape thing that we're not sure about, we're not co-signing that. We don't know if it's true or not. But besides that, he does seem like a cool guy. I had no idea about that. So, it, again, I don't know. I just know there's there were allegations out there. I don't know if anything has come up of them. I'm just removing us from thinking that's cool. You're getting out in front of it. If he's innocent, then he's really cool. If he did it, he's not cool at all. But right now, where we don't know, we'll still say he's cool besides that. Yeah. Besides that. We don't co-sign with that. But now he's got him a woman. I saw him announce he's got twins on the way. He's he's a new man. He's a new man. Spreading that seat around. It's only one person, I think, hopefully. Well, I hope so. Good family man. What if those are boy twins? What if, what if there are two Ronaldo twins that are really good at soccer at the same time? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? That would be cool. They're both there just playing together. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Just running around the pitch, scoring braces. That's it. For their favorite club. That's it. Put those guys right into the academy from like age seven. Do <laughs> you think we should have academies here in America? It's weird that we don't, right? You would think so. Like we 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 love sports. I mean, I'm not gonna say just as much as like Europe, but I mean, I feel like we like our football, like our Americana football, football Americano. Like we like it better, but like it, it is kind of wild to me that we don't have. I mean, I guess we kind of have the prep schools like in high school by the time you get there, but yeah, not from like an early age. Like, does the the NBA has like? Do they have like academies in foreign countries? I mean, I know they got like their outreach program, like in Africa and places like that. But I don't know if that's considered academies if there's if there's schooling involved with it or not. I just know they do like outreach programs across the across the globe. Yeah, because even in like Europe, when they like recognize that like someone's going to be like a good F one driver, they like put him in his own school where like he, it's like an F one academy. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Meanwhile, we still made LeBron James go to high school and drive his Hummer there for some reason. <laughs> like when we, we could have just put him playing basketball, not worrying about school, teaching him how to be, just be rich and like, you know, how to handle that instead of here, here, worry about your science class, LeBron. Learn about the scalene triangle. It always comes out the same. Shout out to Pythagorum. <laughs> 270, is that right? Is it coming to 270? It's, you know, it's a, a right. squared plus b squared yeah. equals c yeah, squared. It's, it's not, okay, never mind. Let's just move on. It, it, was, it was Pythagoras was his name oh. as well. Did I mess that it up? Was a, oh, yeah, Pythagoras. Pythagoras. He was a Greek. He was a Greek. As most great men of antiquity were, they were Greeks. Brother Bob says we do have academies now that the MLS teams run, but we're not talking about the MLS. We're talking about like... Those uh, yeah. don't count. Those don't count. No, those don't count. MLS. Nobody watches that. Uh, you know... It's growing. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know. I see enough people talking about the Nashville team. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But, like, I feel like the academies overseas are still obviously much, much further advanced. And can we get some for, like, the NFL or the NBA or? I don't know about the NFL. They might be. We have, like, eight-year-olds that would be brain dead by the time they're 15 if they were in a football Well, sure to God, they would know, like, we have to just, protect they, the kids. They and, do flag football. Yeah. They do flag yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess maybe the academies make more sense for soccer just because you can be like really good earlier. Yeah. Like you can be 16 and playing professionally. Yeah, that's true. You, really you can't really can't be 16 football. and playing football. I mean, basketball, 17, I guess. But yeah, maybe it's just different. Maybe maybe it's all up to the ML. Tennis, do tennis players get this? They do. There's an academy in like Pontevedra or – Boca Raton, like Andy Roddick and Marty Fish all played at, all went to. Well, obviously it's not very good because we're not pumping out any good Americans anymore. Yeah, it's crazy that there's like not a good male American tennis player. There's not one. No, but I mean like Britain's had one. Yeah, that's. The whole island's had one. It's crazy. In my it's crazy. That, I, I guess there's only been three, uh, you know, there's only three good tennis players right now, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's changed a little bit, but. There is one in tennis, I know yeah, of. Yeah, I know there was one in Florida, but maybe we just don't care. It is weird to me that we don't pop out. Are there any good American women? You said men. Like, are the women any good anymore? Like, I know Serena. And... I thought Sloane Stevens was pretty good. Is she still good? I, I don't. She has a... I thought she was, like, really young. What about that other? It's Coco Golf. I thought Coco Golf was really good. Or it's going to be really good. I mean, I don't know. She had that one run. I don't feel like they've done anything since then, really. Sloane Stevens is 28. I thought that she was like 21. She was at one point. Probably when you thought she was really good and then never, nothing ever came of it. And, you know, until I see it with Coco, I'm going to say the same thing. Yeah. So I don't even know. Do um, we have any good Americans? Like when I'm looking at the, I know there's that one damn Canadian up there at the top. She's good. Sloane Stevens is ranked 63rd, so she is uh, not good. Coco Golf is 17 and is ranked 19th. And that's the best we got? I guess we got Sophia Kennan, who's twenty. Who? Uh, well, she's twenty-two, and she is uh, American. She's the best we got. Sophia Kennan. And that concludes talking tennis with John and Seth. I want to talk more about it. Sophia, never seen this girl. Kind of weird looking, but good for her. She's good at tennis. She's the best we got. And then uh, I guess we got to go down to uh, Jessica Pagula. Who's also, uh, she's 27. She's too old. That's the Bills owner's daughter, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it? I don't know. What's her first name? Jessica. 
I'm pretty sure that's the daughter of the guy that owns the Bills and the Sabres. No wonder he's... Yeah, she's from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, that, that's her. That's her. Tennis does seem like a sport of privilege, so that checks out. Which, by the way, I say all this to say I'm really looking forward to King Richard with Will Smith. Yeah, it looks good. He needs a good movie. He needs a good movie. Hopefully so, this is it. So, Sophia Kennan was born in Russia, so... Well, she claims American on infosportsworld.com backslash women's tennis rankings. Yeah, she's an American professional tennis player, but she was born in Moscow. We ain't got nothing. Make golfers go to high school, too. We need these academies up and running for everything. Either way, any more questions? Yes, uh, the latest rumor coming out of the general's quarters on VolQuest.com is that Miami is interested in Josh Heupel. Wait, 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 which... wait, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? The hype man's getting rumored to go to the U? It's like a random poster on VolQuest. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> but we've had several questions about it. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I just, I hadn't seen these rumors, so... Yes, yes. Well, it is rather out of left field because if you stop for a second and think of Josh Heupel in South Beach, it's pretty funny. He's got a little bit of an Al Golden vibe to him. Brother Troy asks, would you prefer that Josh leave for Miami per the rumored nug and spin the wheel again, or are you riding with the hype man? I assume you're going to say you're riding with the hype man. Yeah, because we're not going to hire Jimmy Chadwell or Hugh Freeze or Lane Kiffin. We're not going to hire any of those dudes. You still don't think they would hire Chadwell? They might hire Chadwell. They might hire Chadwell. Of those three, the only one I see is possible is Chadwell. And so that brings up the question, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't kind of thing. Well, I would say the angel. You, the angel yeah, not the devil. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll tell you who's an angel, Jamie Chadwell's wife. God, she is. That is a fine-looking young lady. Uh, she seems sweet, too. I'm not going to go strictly looks with her, but I swear that she used to be my neighbor. I still think that. I still think she used to be my neighbor in Athens. She's from Athens. I still think that. But, man, that just that beautiful head of hair she had for her Halloween costume. That's a beautiful family. I know. So I might spin the wheel just for that alone, that beautiful family, getting to see their pictures in Neyland Stadium. That would be awesome. That would be cool. I don't think Danny White would hire Jimmy Chadwell, though. He's going to lose Sonny Dykes to TCU. He's going to lose Sonny Dykes to TCU. Maybe just promote Tim Banks. I think Sonny should stay at Southern Methodist. You, you would say at SMU over TCU? I would say at SMU over TCU. After all Gary Patterson said about the whole TCU and how they were handling the NIL stuff, they do not seem anywhere near serious enough. It's already hard enough to get players to TCU in the first place. So basically he was mad that no local businesses were stepping up and giving any money. Is that my my right to deduce that from his comments? I also I took from it that the school itself wasn't doing anything. Like the school itself didn't have anything in place to help the players. I mean like there needs to be some sort of infrastructure, you know, there. Okay. That exists. And I took it to mean that the school was not doing anything. Okay, the comments for, that I saw made me think it was more like he wanted local businesses to step up and give some money. Which that seems like it should not be an issue in the city of Dallas-Fort Worth. 
but you know, hey, whatever. Um, and I know that like their baseball program has a lot of issues with money and stuff too, with scholarships and paying coaches. So I, I just assumed it was the school, but maybe it was local businesses, but he was fed up with it. So I would say it's Southern Methodist. Well, he said it best, like he's not going to win. He just can't recruit if he, they're not getting any money. It's just said, it's as simple as. Yep. If I'm Sonny, and I'm not, but if I was, I think I would stay and wait for the big one. I mean, you already took this kind of job really with Cal. Like, a TCU's another just middle-of-the-road job. Like, I guess the conference itself is getting easier because there's no Oklahoma and Texas going to be in there, but like... And why wouldn't you just wait out? Like, Southern Methodist, probably not a bad little gig. It would just be because you're worried about your own conference dying, basically. Yeah. And that could be that could be it entirely. I, I don't know what better job would come calling for him. And he might not be able to get a better job. Because I know when his name was brought up here at Tennessee, we all got very repulsed. Yes. So I don't know. Until Josh's name started getting floated around. And they're like, okay, well, let's, let's hear Sonny out. But... <laughs> uh, to, I mean, to answer Troy's question, who I adore, um, man, it still would be cool to have Chadwell, but I like the hype, man. I'll, I'll, I'll ride it out just, uh, just because of fear that it would be someone not Chadwell that we wouldn't like and we'd just be starting over and he would be worse because there isn't what you're, what you're seeing, what's happening with Dan Mullen at Florida. What happened to Chip Kelly at UCLA? What happened with Scott Frost at Nebraska? Even if you get the guy you want, and it makes all the sense of the world on paper, it might not work out. And so far, I think we'd all agree year one's working out pretty well so far with Hype Man. Yeah, I would. So the, what you said, I feel the exact same way. I would just go, I would ride with him over the unknown because of another year with Hendon Hooker and Tyon Evans. Like that to me is I'll take that, I'll take the known over the unknown. And it's like coaching hires are just, they're fraught with uncertainty. I mean, it's a complete crapshoot. Look at Dan Mullen, like you said. I mean, it's a it's a crapshoot. So, like, I love Jamie Chadwell. It would be awesome to see him at Coach Tennessee. I'll still take, I'll ride with the hype man with Hen and Hooker for another year. Well, there you have it, Troy. Brother CB, a.k.a. Colts Beat Reporter, what Florida new hire would make you the most red, and why is it Urban Meyer? I don't think that's what would make me the most red. I don't think so either, because I think he'll get bored very soon at Florida. I, mean, I just again. think, I think yeah, he, you just die there. I mean, it's, just, it's not Urban Meyer. That wouldn't make me the most red. It'd probably be Kiffin or Hugh Freeze. It'd be yeah, Kiffin would make me... Kiffin would make me apoplectic. I mean, I would be, I would be, on the verge of a complete conniption if they hire Lane Kiffin. Uh, Hugh Freeze would suck too. Um, Lane would be bad. Lane would be bad. Brother Grits, please say something good about the Braves and something bad about the Astros. Well, the Braves are the world champions. And the Astros' run looks uh, like it's probably over. I'm not going to say. Is it just because Correa's leaving? Don't they have, like, two starting pitchers that are free agents, too? I don't know, man. They've just been 
good for so long. They've been long. good for a long time. They've been good for a long time, but Correa was had like the highest war in the major leagues. I mean, uh, that's a big loss. Well, I, and they could have locked they could have locked him up in the spring. They could have locked him up in the spring. How much money is he asking for? He didn't say. He just said they wouldn't meet his number in the spring, and they're not going to want to meet his number now that his value has gone up since he had the highest war. And he's actually like at free agency now, and you can actually yeah, bid for yeah. his services. Yeah. The Astros still don't have a legitimate World Series. You kick their ass. The Braves are champions. They did it all without you know one of their two best players. Although now. I mean, again, if you're the Braves, I don't know how much nicer I can be than to say you have three MVP level players in your offense. Like your three, four, five, or two, three, four hitters, all three of them have legitimate MVP cases. Like Acuna, if he comes back at the same level, Freeman and Austin Riley. I mean, you got three MVP level guys there. Yeah, how damn good is Austin? What the hell do you need me to say something good about him? You guys know it. I mean, he is unreal. Now, I will say I saw a lot of people over the years talking shit about Dansby. I saw a lot of Braves fans over the years talking shit about Snitker. saw a lot of Braves fans talking shit about the front office, the ownership, and really about the bullpen. And I think they all gave you guys a collectively eat shit. You guys seemed very, very wrong about your own team. I will say that. Will Smith. I will say that. Will Smith. Will Smith put the log chain on the table. Luke Jackson whipped the hog out a couple times in the playoffs. The bullpen was unhittable. And you guys have spent a lot of years, a lot of years talking shit about both the bullpen and the front office. The front office won't ever go make any trades and get help. Well, they gave you an eat shit because they traded for the World Series MVP in a year when you guys didn't even want to give up any prospects this year because you thought you weren't going anywhere. Just saying, they gave you kind of an eat shit. They kind of did. You guys were wrong about a lot when it came to your own team. Brian Snitker basically hit every correct button this playoff run. Maybe except game five. Maybe except game five, but that's fine. He wanted to win it in Houston. He wanted to, you know, do it there. That way they could end the Falcons 28-3 curse that happened in Houston. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Talked a lot of shit about Dansby Swanson over the years, and he came up huge. But I understand why he did what he did in Game 5. I mean, it's not his fault that Minner came in and just couldn't do anything. If Minner could come in and hit some spots, then it would have been fine. I thought they should have taken Davidson out in the third inning. I I thought they should have pitched it for him in the second and, you know, not let him pitch the third. But either way, all you haters, there are a lot of haters, Seth, even after the the Dodgers won Game 3. When the Braves blew a chance to go up 3-0 that were saying, oh, same old Braves, same old Snitker, blah, blah, blah. He told the ball to eat shit. He did. He, he did. did. He did. He did. They did. I mean, what can you say? At least they get to gobble it up with the World Series bib on. That's true. The shit does taste better with the World Series champion toothpick, I guess. Brother Brett, beautiful man. Beautiful fiance, a lovely couple, great people. Being the month of November, how do you prefer your turkey? Uh, in my belly. I don't really care. Uh, I'm not a big turkey guy in general. I'm more about the dressing. Ugh, I don't like dressing. I'll eat turkey. I mean, I'll eat it. I like it. It's fine. It's good. It's whatever. I'd rather have beef, obviously. I mean, the deep fried turkey is what everyone likes, right? I mean, that's good. But I like daily turkey, too. I mean, I eat turkey sandwiches all the time, bro. I like turkey just... Whatever, I'll make it work. Sl- slice us up some turkey yeah. and put it on. Put it on. Put it on some bread. 
I'll eat any of it. It's good with me. All right, we'll do some more questions. Brother West Tennessee Ben, what's more exciting for each of you? Possible upcoming bowl game or the start of basketball? Basketball. Basketball. Basketball, no question. Basketball for sure. I'm pumped for basketball. Brother Ryan T. Shannon. Congrats on passing the bar. Got a new lawyer on the Discord. Congratulations to Brother Ryan, a smart, fine young man. Preferred bowl and bowl opponent. Um, I haven't really looked at any Clemson, like, projections. Clemson in the Mayo Bowl. If that's what you want? Yeah, yeah. Let's beat Clemson and let's do it where Josh Heupel gets to have some Photoshop opportunities with a big jar of mayonnaise. Where is that game at? That's the one that's in Charlotte, right? That's when it replaced the Belk Bowl. Oh, okay. Replaced the Belk Bowl. Okay. I think at least. I might just be making this up, but I think that's what happened. That sounds correct. That sounds correct. So, yeah, beating Clemson would be would be pretty sweet. And again, Josh yeah, Heupel and Mayonnaise would be it's – it's a duo it that good. checks out. It would be good. Uh, Brother G-Fan, top five grocery chains. Piggly Wiggly's number five. Because they used to have rubber band – oh, no, that was actually the, the UGO over, overtook it, and then it had rubber band guns. You could shoot rubber bands at people. I mean, I don't know. Let's go to Kroger. Kroger and Publix are the only two I go to. Those are the only two that matter. Now, I'm boycotting Kroger this week because of Kentucky, but Publix, a little overpriced sometimes, but they got a good deli, good subs. I love that. Otherwise, I just go to Kroger. That's it. That's all I need. The other the three through five don't matter, G-Man. Bilo. You like Bilo? I used to like Bilo. Ingles. I haven't been to Bilo in a long time. Ingles is nice. UGO. Does Aldi count as a grocery store? I don't know. I've never been in an Aldi. It's like a knockoff Sam's kind of the vibe I got. One that you'd have to have membership yeah, for, and it's sold like off-brand stuff. I might be wrong, but yeah, that, I think it. I think it does have off-brand stuff, really cheap stuff. Um, there is a Publix about a tenth of a mile from where I live. I would eat so I only, all day if that was the case. I only shop at Publix. Yeah, eat the chicken so fingers. That's my number one. Yeah, the yeah, the, the chicken finger sub is amazing. No, I'm just talking about the regular chicken fingers. Just go to the yeah, deli, yeah. You get some mac and cheese. Some of the potato wedges. They have good food. Man, I'm mouse-watering just think about it. MBK asks, what's the youngest and oldest ages of a woman you would date? <laughs> then Zach says, please don't let Seth answer this. So I'll answer. Uh, yeah, I don't really want you to incriminate us either here. Um, the youngest I would date. I am 31. I turned 32 in March. The youngest I would date. And when we say date, I mean like in a serious relationship, right? Like we're... Yeah, 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 we're not just talking about hookup, perverts, heathens. Um, the youngest I would probably date is going to be twenty six. Maybe I go to twenty six. Twenty seven is kind of the lowest I really? want to say for me. I'm thirty two, Seth. So, I I I like to be able to carry conversations. <laughs> I like that. It's very important for me to be able to carry <laughs> conversations with people. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I've talked to girls younger than that. And just not a lot in common, man. Not a lot of cotton, not a lot in common, not a lot of shared interests, not a lot of shared experiences. They don't get your pop culture references. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. They just want to scroll TikTok all day. 
anything younger than like I said, twenty seven might be my limit. And truthfully, like ideally, I'd be looking for someone like twenty nine or thirty. Oldest I would date, man. Um, so you're really that interested in what they have to say? It's more so about them being interested in what I have to say. There's nothing worse than trying to talk to a woman and then she's just scrolling TikTok instead of listening to you. But no, I am interested in what they have to say. Uh, yeah, that's very important to me. And then oldest, probably... Man, um, 36 maybe? 35, probably more so 35. I don't know. That The older scale is tougher for me. Because I've always liked older women, but now that I get older, kind of making some sacrifices with older women, you know? It's tough. Yeah. This is really just pointing out to me that I'm my biological clock isn't ticking, but I gotta gotta get the, gotta get a move on here. Harambe four twenty sixty nine says that he loves single moms. I've seen Harambe four twenty sixty nine. That checks out. That checks out. <laughs> I love Harambe. Gave him a great hug. Told him I love him. 18. He's a fine young out of man. high school for you? Is that your answer? That's, I'm not answering. No, but no, not 18. Come on, man. 19. Come on. <laughs> no. No, we're not talking about this. Any other questions? That's a good place to end it. I love you. That's a good place to end it. I love you. I love you, Harambe42069. I hope he finds him a good single mother. Although. I don't know if Harambe 42069 would be a good stepdad. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Later, buddy. Bye. Nigga, like my baby, if they tryna get my bitch to tell, nigga, then get my bro bro fifty 